Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Yes, it's, it's good to be home. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Go on your Bibles, your, your phones, if you have a digital Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we've been pursuing a series in, um, through the book of Joshua, Heart and Soul, but we're going to take a step back. In, in just uh, in a number of weeks, we are going to be celebrating our 30th anniversary of Thrive Church. How cool is that? And we're going to have a great day. You'll be getting that date. It's in a little bit. It's in a little bit. But we're going to be leading up to what we are calling Legacy Sunday, celebrating the past and getting it passionate about the future. And God has used Thrive Church for three decades. And so what we want to talk about is legacy. Legacy is going to be the theme um, as we draw close to that day of celebration. And I'm kicking it off today in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 1 through 9 and then 20 through 25. And the word of God reads as this. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So that you, your children, and their children after them May what? Fear the Lord, your God, as long as you live. By what? Keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Read verse 5 with me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Verse 20. In the future, say that with me. In the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always what? Prosper. I I put there thrive, but the Lord knows better. So that we might always prosper and be kept alive as is the case today. And if we are careful, I'm going to say that again. And if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God as he commanded us, that will be our righteousness. 
This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Over the years, I have found myself drawn over and over to this passage. I think it's because my heart and my heart for this house has always been that we would thrive, that we would prosper, that believing um, that everyone can thrive. That's our vision statement. Everyone can thrive. It doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter the color of our skin. It doesn't matter what education we have or didn't have. It doesn't matter whether we had uh, two parents at home, one parent home, or grew up in foster care. It doesn't matter what happened to us in the past. We believe that our latter days can be better than our former because Christ paid the price so that we can experience victory. So that we can thrive, that a dead marriage can be resurrected, that lost children can repent. We believe that God heals diseases and and heals minds and heals hearts. And that God has given you life not to just make it, but to thrive in every and any circumstance. But there's a contingency. This is the heart of God. But it requires It requires collaboration. It requires a lost person to confess that Christ is Lord. Now, I want to make something clear. Are you ready? Only one person's ready. All right. Who is it? Sister, listen. I, I, I need to make something clear because we live in a world that is very pagan. It's, it's very Gnostic. I won't get into that right now. But there's this sense of, you know, any kind of general spirituality and that people are essentially good and that all paths lead to God. Those are all untrue. And Christianity, just if there's someone who's kind of, you know, seeking out Christianity, what is Christianity? Christianity does not make room for any of that. Real Christianity. There's all kinds of, you know, Reader's Digest versions and philosophical versions and secular versions of Christianity. But true Christianity makes an exclusive claim. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. It's an exclusive claim. Now, we don't think we're better than anyone else, and that's kind of the rap that church Christians can get especially when we're real judgy about people that are lost and we're real ugly on social media or in the office or in the break room, we got to be careful because we can fuel the wrong fire. And they look at us and say, you're no better than, you know, my drunk uncle. You're mean and snippy and condescending. And so if we don't look any different than the world, to them, there's no point. But if we devote ourselves to the word and to growing and we repent of our ways and we allow the Holy Spirit to bring about the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, the world has a chance to see the difference. And the truth is that Christianity makes no room for any other gods. And it says that you cannot get to heaven except through the work that Jesus did on the cross. This is an exclusive claim. It's an exclusive claim. But what comes with that is a new life and a new power, a new perspective, the ability to forgive quickly those that offend us. 
We, we, we may have been dragged along the road of life so that we're sensitive to the touch or we're sensitive to the look or the snide comment hurts us to the core because life is, has, has basically rubbed us raw. But the Lord wants to heal your spirit. He wants to heal your, your mind. He wants to even heal your past so that you're not, you and I are not so sensitive. We're not so, we're not so easily set off. He wants to make us healthy so that we can really thrive. And the reason to thrive is to live a life that glorifies God. What we want to talk about for the next number of weeks is legacy. And what I hope to do is to elevate our perspective, to help us rise above the day in and the day out, the grind, to help us look past our physical ailments or to look past our financial struggles or to look past the disappointments that we might have in life or the, the, the burdens that we carry just kind of getting through the day. We wanna, I want to elevate your perspective because Jesus is coming back soon and he can come back any day for his church. But if he tarries in his coming, what kind of mark will we have made on the earth in our time here? We need to live with heaven in mind. We need to live with this sense that my life, someone say my life, is not my own. That my life doesn't belong to me. That God has given me salvation and he's given me breath so that I can glorify him so that it might be a blessing to others. Oh boy. This is not a consumer Christianity. This is not I'll go to church so long as I get what I want. Or I'll be a part as long as I get what I need. Or I'll, I'll, I'll be close to people so long as they make me feel comfortable. That's consumerism and that can be in the church. We want to be a church that is looking to give, not cons just consume. To leave a mark, not just be marked. To share, not just to receive. Are you with me? We want to live with an eternal perspective. I have one life to live, just one. What? difference can my life make while I'm here? Whether you live a short time or a long time, the opportunity is to leave a mark. Someone say leave a mark. You know, uh, what God does is he, 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 I've said this before, life can be like Scrabble and you get what you get. We used to have a saying in our house where we give the kids food. We'd say you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. You ever use that one? It should be in the Bible, right? You get what you get, <laughs> and you don't throw a fit. We expect that of our kids. We say, hey, eat those peas. Eat those carrots. You can't see a thing. Eat the carrots. It'll help you see better. We, we want them to, to get this sense of what we're giving them is good and to, and to procure an appetite. Well, what we do is we receive pieces. We receive like letters in, the, in, 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 in like the game of Scrabble. You get what you get. And, 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 and the idea is to make meaning out of it. And we strive to do that. We get letters here and there. We get opportunities or closed doors. We have relationships or we lose relationships. We have opportunities or we lose opportunities. We try to make sense of the letters, and there's times when we're looking at the letters and we're like, this don't make no sense. I hate this game. Can I get a witness? 
Like, I'm usually pretty good with words, but I don't like Scrabble. Because sometimes I'm looking, what can I do with four R's? If I only had a G. I've made a decision that when I have grandkids, I'm not gramps, I'm grumps. I'm grumps so that when they come in, they'll be quiet and be still. Grumps is in there. We get these pieces, and we're like, what do we do with this? How do we do this? How is this supposed to make sense? And the world strives to make sense of the pieces of their lives. They use their own philosophies. They talk to people at work. They read a book. But no one can make sense out of the letters like the giver of the letters. And although someone might grab a letter here, there, and and it looks like success with all the other people who are trying to make the best of their letters, it still falls short of the giver of the letters. The giver of the letters knows how to take even a broken heart and bring some sense out of it. The giver of the letters can take a failure and turn it into wisdom. The giver of the letters knows how to best uh, uh, bless the pieces that you have in your life and bring them together so they're a coherent message. And the message is that God is a God of love and God is a God of mercy and God can help you through the most difficult of times. God can make sense out of the letters. Are you with me? We want to leave a message, a legacy. We want to leave a message behind us. What The Lord speaks here to the people of Israel are some principles. Someone say principles. Some principles to making sense out of the letters. He wants them to have wisdom. He wants them to be guided in the process. The first wisdom I draw out here is this. Value what you leave behind. Value what you leave behind. Be cognizant and aware that you're going to leave something behind. Verse 2 says, do this so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live. By keeping his decrees and commands that I give who? You. And so that you may enjoy long life. So whether you have children or don't have children, that's not the point. The people in our lives, the legacy, the message that we can leave is critical. But in order to leave a coherent, beautiful, powerful message, we have to live knowing we're going to leave a message. Are you following that? So many of us in this life, because life is hard and it's fast and it's faster than it's ever been. We're so surrounded by the challenges and the struggles and the emails and the bosses and the kids' soccer practices and baseball practices and our own needs and concerns that we never get above the fray to think, what kind of life am I really living? What am I teaching those that know me the most? What message am I giving? Do I get sucked into the fray in the break room at work when we get bad news and the people that don't even know what what we're doing are making decisions? Do I get into the the mess of that and the, the, the cursing of those that lead us? Or is there a peace about me because I know that no boss holds my life in his or her hands? We gotta live at another level. Someone say another level. You got you to let him lift you up to a perspective. 
And it isn't just God's got it all for me. He's working out for me. He's fighting on my behalf. It's not just that. It's that he's going to do such things. And my job is to make sure that those around me see that he is who he says he is. They see it in my attitude. I testify. I invite to church. I offer to pray for them. They see it in how I deal with disappointment. They see it when I deal with injustice. They see how I can turn another cheek or go another mile or give them my coat. They see the gospel at work in me because I have made an exchange. My will for his will. My idea of success for his idea of success. My meaning, the meaning I had for my life, and I exchange it for whatever he wants to do with my life. Because I know that ultimately, everything I do for me, all the earthly things will stay. What I want to leave is a spiritual, eternal inheritance. Now, I know that's not appetizing because some, again, the consumer spirit can creep in. It can creep in. And sometimes we can say, well, what about me? What about me? What about me? And there's no joy in the pursuit of ourselves. There's no real peace in the pursuit of myself. If I get what I want when I want it without consulting with the Lord, that's nervous time. Should I have it? Am I ready for it? Or did I do this myself? But when we obey the Lord and he gives us things, there is tremendous peace in that place of favor. Perspective to know, to value. Someone say value. To value what we leave behind. What are we, one of these messages in a few weeks is going to be on financial legacy, but I want you to know it's not just what can I leave it, my, my wealth, what can I leave for children or nieces or nephews? It isn't just that. More importantly is the spiritual inheritance. You know, we've been gone a lot this summer, a lot. Some will say a lot, a lot. And I finally took the vacation time that I was given for years. I just didn't take it. But can we give it up for our great pastoral staff? And, lead? and y'all didn't even miss me. Some people never want the lead guy to take vacation. We took it. We had opportunity to celebrate my kids up in Washington a couple of weeks to celebrate Levi um, in in Nevada. Um, And then this last trip was uh, kind of the crown jewel. We drove my daughter Eden all the way to Illinois, all the way to the state of Illinois to go to uh, grad school at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. Four days of driving. With a dog in the car. (laughs) Eight or nine hours of driving, you got to stop. The dog has to stop to go potty. Throw in some meals there, gas, and it's like 10-hour days. We finally get there, and, and we have some challenges with our daughter's apartment, but the Lord brought it all together, and at the end, she got settled in. And then we're at the airport, and it has to be a cry fest I thought Lori and Eden were going to be dehydrated. (laughs) All the crying, the crying. I'm like, we got to go. I know, cold-hearted guy. I got to go. There's cars. We got to go check in. 
And then Lori mistyped my name on my ticket. We've been married 25 years, but she called me Eek. <laughs> E-E-I-C. She got on the plane. I had to go get a new ticket. That might have been the plan. Now that I'm thinking about it. 25 years of marriage. I think I'll call him Eek. That's how I'm feeling about him today. Get on the plane. We don't even get to sit together. The plane is packed anyways. But can I tell you that that leaving my daughter. Now, it's funny. You can leave your son almost anywhere. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't really mean that. But when it comes to your girl, you don't want to just leave them somewhere. And there we are dropping her off in the middle of Illinois. And she doesn't know anybody or really doesn't know anybody. There's no family out there. Every relationship there is new. It's a really big school, 50,000 students. And it's like, you know, is she going to be okay? It snows there a lot in the winter. Is she going to be okay? And, uh, and more than that, will she, will she continue to serve the Lord, you know? Will she continue to be a light in this dark place? Um, you walking through students, working at the student store, looking so depressed and, 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 and lost and, um, and, and dropping my girl in that sea of 50,000 students. But what we do as parents or what we do as friends or what we do as uncles and aunts or grandparents is we do our very best to impart to them truth that will guide them when you're not there. When you're not there, what decisions will, will they make? Who will they be when you're not around? Well, Eden's already the designated driver. <laughs> she got the designated driver ministry. They said, Eden, can we call you if we're, yeah, call me. And she's at church right now. It's like the second best church in America because ours is the first, but she, you know, she's in church. You do your best to lay down groundwork. So that they will follow the Lord. You live, you live knowing you won't live here on the earth forever. What will you leave behind? Someone say value. Value that. More than a new car. More than a vacation. More than a promotion. Value what you leave behind. Number two is the way that we build a legacy is decisions. Say this with me. Decisions, decisions, decisions. Not your sentiment. Not not that you love the Lord, but don't obey him. It'll be decisions that we make. Day in, day out decisions. How we deal with temptation. How we deal with money. How we deal with stress. How we deal with our children. Decisions. It comes down to the actions that we take. the, The decisions that we make that will define our legacy. It won't be just, well, they really, they really, uh, they told us they really love the Lord. Or, boy, they just, they had a heart for God. But if our lives aren't lived out a certain way, we don't live, leave a real legacy. There's a lot of people who will call themselves Christians or believers, and they'll declare they love God. But their lives have, are not defined at all by the word. The word that God gave them to live by. Decisions. Someone say decisions. 
decision. Deuteronomy 6, 7 through 9, look at this. Uh, They're told to impress them on their children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols. Write them on the door frames and gates. These are all actions. Someone say action. He's telling the people of Israel, make a decision and then live it out. Do what you are called to do. That is how. It isn't just a sentiment or a feeling. See, we have all kinds of dedications here. We dedicate babies. And our church is growing with babies. The Lord said, be fruitful and multiply. And some of y'all are very biblical. Baby dedications. I did a house dedication recently. Uh, I've dedicated a business to the Lord. I've, I've, I've dedicated cars to the Lord. Come bless our car. It's a new car. God gave us a car. And I love that. But can I tell you that if it's just a ceremony, it's empty. The de- dedication is not one way, God on that house or God on that business or God on that child. It is also us consistently making decisions that line up with the word of God so that we're doing our part. We give you our house, but we have to honor that house and not dishonor it. We, we dedicate our children, but we've got to teach them and discipline them and raise them in the ways of the Lord. Are you following me? We can dedicate a business, but that means don't cook the books. I know, I know taxes are high here. I know taxes are high. Write off as much as you can, but then pay your taxes. Do the right thing. See, making decisions that are in concert with the dedication is what brings the blessing. The way that we leave a legacy is, going, is decisions that we make, daily decisions, daily decisions, daily decisions. And no one's perfect. Can I get a witness? But we have to be devoted. Devoted to actually living out the scriptures. Being devoted to putting our life, taking the, the word of God as our playbook and then running the play. You got a playbook. If you ever played sports, the Lord, the, the Lord is the coach. He says, this is how you win the game. Run the play. And then we got to run the play. And when we do it, we win. We win the most important, in the most important ways. There are people who, are, who have won a financial bottom line but lost their children to the world. There are husbands that have won arguments and lost their wives. Wives that have won arguments and lost their husbands. The way that we win in the most important ways is to live in accordance with the scriptures. Decisions. It's like real estate. Location, location, location. Legacy is decisions, decisions, decisions. On a Tuesday when no one's watching, make the right decision. On a Saturday night, make the right decision so that you are living at that level where you are leaving a legacy that brings honor and glory to God and blessing for those that follow you. I'm going to end here. Number three, 
Oh, I might end here. Number three, number four, number five. We'll give number three. I've been gone. I'm preaching a long time. Number three. Let the story mark you so that you can share it. Verse 20 through 23. In the future, when your son asks you, what's the meaning? Why all these rules? Why does God ask me us this? Why does God require that? Tell them. Because once we were slaves. The Lord agrees with me right there. Someone was sleeping. I'm going to say it again. Because the Lord just woke you up with a technical difficulty. Why, why all this stuff, Dad? Grandpa, why do I have to watch this? Why, do, can't, do I, why can't I go there? Because once we were slaves. Once this household was a slave to alcoholism. Once this sla- household was a slave to pr- promiscuity. Once this household was a slave to anger. But he set us free. He set us free. He set our enemies to scatter. He washed our sin away. He saved my marriage. He saved my mind. He healed my body. He, He has made a way where there was no way. That's why we gladly run the play. Every time I've run the play, I've won. I've won in the most important ways, son. Let the story of your redemption mark you. Don't take the forgiveness of your sins lightly. That, that, is, that is absolutely a danger I've seen in the 17 years I've served here. Someone gets radically saved and forgiven, and for a period of two or three years, they are in love with Jesus, and then after a while, they, they, they think they did it instead of God. They forget that they were a wreck and a mess. That God did a miracle. They forget the miracle. They start to think they did it, and they wander back off, and they're lost again. Only they make a little bit more money than they used to just as lost let the story mark you remind yourself remind your children remind your co-workers remind your neighbors that once we were a slave and this is why we gladly run the play I'm going to end with this for real leave a legacy that's worth leaving and that legacy is one that gives glory to God glory to God Can you say that with me? Glory to God. Say glory to God. We're a hot mess. Any victory, any win, anything noble, anything truly honest, anything truly holy is because of him. All glory to God. That that the meaning of your life story is that God is good. That the meaning of your story is that God can be trusted. That the meaning of your story is that God always comes through. That the meaning of your life story to anyone who would watch or anyone who would, who would listen would be you can count on him. That he is able to save. This is the legacy worth leaving. Man, you're... If you leave stuff to people, they can blow it in less than two years. We have folks, we've seen wealthy, 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 millions of dollars, and they've lost 
before their middle age, they've lost it all. But how about an inheritance that doesn't rust or fade? How about an inheritance where the moths can't get to it to destroy it? A legacy that gives all honor and all glory to God. Because once we were slaves. Would you bow your heads with me? Holy Spirit, we ask you to describe on our hearts and minds your word. Legacy. What are we going to leave? Oh, Lord, I have at times been so caught up in the tyranny of the urgent, the day, the emails, the calls, the needs, my own stuff, my kids' stuff, that I have forgotten at times that I don't live a life for today. I live a life for eternity. I pray, Lord, that you would call us to decision-making that honors you in the grind, in the dark, when I'm alone or in public, that the decisions that we make would honor you. That we are not writing with a pen, the life story with a pen of the earth, but that you are writing our life story with your eternal pen. That if there's a meaning to the letters of our life, it's a message that leads people closer to you. That inspires faith. That's attractive because of our love and our mercy and our gentleness. Our compassion, our patience. That it encourages others because of our boldness and bravery. Because we enjoy your hand on our lives. God, I pray that we would value what we leave behind and that we would live every day with this heavenly, eternal perspective and that that perspective about, about forever and about when we're gone and about what we'll leave, that that perspective will be a governor for our tongues. That it be a soap for our hearts that that perspective would wash the debris of offense or anxiety and that we would face every day clean, washed in the blood, filled with the Spirit, the joy of our salvation, knowing that every day is a chance to be a message, to leave a legacy and let it always be for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand and worship with us, family? Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.